Hello, everyone. You're listening to a Market Scale podcast panel where we bring on key thought leaders from some of the fastest growing markets to participate in a little Socratic seminar, breaking down a timely topic for tangible insight. How are digital and online communities shaping the way businesses not only thrive, but enter their industry? How can social media platforms drive branding initiatives, cultivate consumer insights, and spur important financial decisions? What do consumers look for in their online communities? On our first Market Scale podcast panel, we set our sights on answering these hard-hitting questions for two specific industries, hospitality and food and beverage. With these industries specifically, the sense of urgency and itching for convenience on the consumer side is at a high point. Consumers are looking to their Twitter feeds, Instagram influencers, and blog-like sites to be entertained, heard, and inspired. We're joined by three panelists, each providing a unique take on the impact of online communities on their business and industry. Sarah Dusick, co-founder of Under Canvas, Sarah Dandeshi, founder of Ask a Concierge, and Megan Sprague, communications associate for Wingstop. They break down the blessing and curse that is maintaining authentic relationships with consumers online, examples of interactions where their online platform created tangible change, and how they each approach integrating online communities to their business platform. And of course, Sarah, Sarah, and Megan give their advice on how and why businesses, small and large, should look to social platforms as the future and the now of branding, marketing, and conveying your company's vision. All right, welcome everyone to our first Market Scale podcast panel. I'm excited to dive in. We're joined by Sarah Dusick, Sarah Dandeshi, and Megan Sprague, all of you from different corners of your industries, bringing really unique perspectives to a really important topic, I think, for modern businesses, which is the importance of a digital community, building that digital community and using it either as the focal point of your business, using it in conjunction with your business, and just looking at the importance of what these communities mean for the future of starting up a business or transforming your business for the modern era. So I think it's important to dive in here first and introduce everyone, get everyone up to speed, and then get everyone's personal perspective on how digital communities affect them and their industry. And then from there, we'll dive into some great discussion. And uh, hopefully we all learn something when we walk out of here today. So let's start with Megan Sprague. Megan, how are you doing today? I'm good, Daniel. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. You actually were one of the first people that I interviewed when I started podcasting for Market Scale. So love that this is coming full circle. Yes. Happy to be back. Thanks for having <laughs> yes. me. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about how a digital community impacts you in your industry. You know, I, I think it's pretty self-explanatory on a surface level. You know, you are helping create both internal and external uh, communications, whether that's social media or content creation for Wingstop, a very well-known national brand. So tell me a little bit about, you know, the, the digital community aspect of your job and what it means in your industry. So I think as a whole, um, I mean, obviously, digital online communities are probably pretty important for all industries. But I know in the food and beverage industry in specific, um, obviously, that helps us a lot with guest experience. We hear about uh, most things through our social channels. And it doesn't have to be our own social channels. That can be through Yelp, it can be through Twitter, any um, forum where there's two-way communication. And I think on top of that, we also like to leverage those digital online communities to 
help learn what resonates with the guest. Whereas the guest experience could be maybe what doesn't resonate. We also get what does. And I think through a lot of that, we get insight into our flavor innovation. What should our next offer be? Are people sitting down with boneless wings and watching a game? Or are they bringing their boneless wings to parties? What should we plan our next um, campaign around? So really using those insights and that feedback to better tap into those segments and really market toward our guests. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think the consumer insight aspect of building these social and online communities is something that can be applied to just about any industry, definitely. So, Sarah Dusick, how are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you, Dan. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you again for coming on the podcast. And, you know, for you, coming from the hospitality industry and especially digging into a trend that I think started as a fad and now is becoming a, a real pinnacle of sort of the evolution of traveling and of finding a unique experience, you know, when going abroad, it's no longer just, uh, you know, a trend that maybe might come and go. I think it's really solidifying itself as something special and unique and, and representative of how people are wanting to experience their international travel and even their national travel. So tell me a little bit about how digital communities, um, you know, online communities for you have impacted your industry and your business? Absolutely. Digital has been so fundamentally crucial for us. And I feel like we've grown up in the in the era of social um, in that we launched our business, which is a, a glamping business under Canvas is, is the company that I, hus- uh, I founded with my husband back in 2009. Um, and we have created luxury glamping resorts across the US. And for us, really, we had very little dollars. We had very little to spend on marketing in our very early days. And so the the joy and the beauty of sharing imagery in particular and experiences uh, on social media platforms were absolutely vital for us in, in driving really what has become a very large you know, piece of our business, which is organic traffic and organic um, engagement with us. Um, and so the joy of being able to inspire people um, through their own imageries and, and images that we create or are able to put out of, of truly beautiful places and, and memorable experiences is, has been really, really crucial for us with, with growing a a business, particularly in a very unique industry and an industry that is is really just only beginning to sort of establish itself even now. Um, it's been totally crucial. Well, especially such a visual industry too. Yes. You know, it's uh, the best way I think to market and to brand what you're doing is to get some of those pictures out there and just communicate with your audience about, hey, you know, this is the gorgeous uh, fjord that you could be camping next to in in a luxury tent. So, yeah, it's it's definitely very important there. And then Sarah Dandichi, last but not least, how are you doing today? <laughs> doing well. Thanks so much for asking. Yeah, of course. Good to have you back on the podcast. You know, I don't think I established this, but all of you are repeat guests, which is great. It's good to have our market scale contributors here on the podcast panel. So, Sarah Dandishi, tell me a bit about your take on the impact of a social community, an online community in the hospitality industry. I know, especially for your company, it is very much based around creating and cultivating an online community. So, you know, I think you get to bring a unique perspective here and that that is what your business is, is is really creating that kind of blog level content that 
communication, that natural and authentic engagement with your, um, you know, with your audience and giving them tips and insight. So tell me a bit about how you think that uh, you know, online communities have impacted your company and the hospitality industry. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I think really the the main thing is, um, you know, it's, which is applicable to myself, but also for everybody else is that it's just given me so many more opportunities where I was, you know, traditionally speaking as a concierge in a hotel. And then all of a sudden I put myself online, all of a sudden I put myself, I basically, you know, I've actually said this before that I went, I was able to go beyond the concierge desk. So now, you know, my platform wasn't just the traditional realm of it. And certainly, you know, I can be found there, but now my desk was basically the online community. And it was so cool to get that immediate interaction and engagement with everybody. And that's where I really feel, um, you know, there are a lot of different ways that playing with the online community and really, um, you know, fostering that sort of connection can really enhance a business. But and really the biggest thing is that immediate engagement. People will tell you, they'll tell you, we are, we love this, or we don't like this. And, you know, and it's kind of like, um, it's, it's been really interesting for me because it's like every time I, you know, contribute something to, I, I like to say the travel conversation, I get that instant feedback. Um, and then because of that, you know, in essence, also because of almost shorter attention spans, it's allowed me to be a little bit riskier as well, too, because really at the end of the day, it's like, okay, I can put something out there, but it's like, okay, that didn't go so well learn that lesson and then tomorrow's a new day. So it's great that, um, you know, with the online communities, I mean, it's so essential, but they're so vocal. They give you that immediate feedback and um, it can really help kind of guide uh, you or a business as well. If you're really like paying attention to it and you're participating in an authentic way. And really that's the only way to participate is authentically, no matter what your business is, whether you're a big company, a small company of one, whatever, people are into it. And the online community, the online community is absolutely where um, business need to be playing. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that our consumers are really savvy nowadays. They know when your social media is trying too hard or when you are, you know, you are, are just trying to play into this week's meme or this week's, um, fad of whatever is popular online. And if you don't sell it in an authentic way and communicate with that audience in sort of a fun way, they're going to see through your ruse and be like, all right, this is boring. But even just on a on a really authentic side of it, you know, when you are having those conversations with your clients, with your customers, with just people following your Twitter and they feel like your posts are coming from a real place. I think that's where you get the best kind of engagement. Absolutely. So I kind of want to toss this out to everyone and feel free, you know, whoever has whoever pops in first gets to lead the conversation here. <laughs> um, but I really think something that can be applied to any industry is the consumer insight that you can get from building a digital community, whether that is the core of your business or whether that's an aspect that, you know, assists in the branding and the marketing of your business. Having that digital community gives you or it lets you tap into the voice of the consumer and you always consistently like uh, Sarah Dandishi, like you were saying, you know, they are vocal about if they hate something or Megan, I'm sure, you know, you've had people tweet at you about flavors that they hate or flavors that they love. Like that kind of interaction lets you 
you know, not only understand kind of where your audience is coming from, but I think you can pull some real big business decisions from those conversations. So I'm just going to toss that out there. You know, give me y'all's opinions on how these digital communities can really impact consumer insight and give me some examples. I guess I can start off. I know for Wingstop, we brought two flavors back that were once limited time offers, mango habanero and just recently spicy Korean Q because of that consumer demand. And they weren't limited time offers because we didn't think that they couldn't stack up against our other permanent flavors. It was just something we were trying out. Let's see if this works. Obviously, we do tons of testing on the back end before that happens. But some of the fun in creating a limited time offer so that you do create that buzz, create that gotta have it. I'm going to boycott Wingstop unless y'all bring this flavor back. It threatened us. We received many threats about mango habanero. And we had no choice but to bring it back because people literally said they would never return to Wingstop unless mango habanero was there. So that that is one of our most popular flavors. That and lemon pepper, they're um, right up there next to each other. So um, listening to the guest on that, I think, is neat. And in return, they know that we listen to them because that is the sole reason why we brought it back. We didn't have any plans to do otherwise. So... Um, I was going to say, similarly for us, when when we've had guests who've shared what an incredible experience they've had with staying with us, they've often said to us, when are you going to be here? Or when are you going to be here? Or when are you going to... So communication from our guests um, has helped us think about where we want to take our business next in terms of where we should be looking at in terms of future destinations for our resorts. And the com- that that conversation has, has been really fascinating because then your customers are telling you really where you, they want you to be, which is great. No, I also agree with that as well, too. I mean, what's kind of interesting is built into the title of my brand is the word ask. So it's ask a concierge. So just by the actual name of my, my company, people are um, I'm inviting people to ask or to you know to make comments and and have um, a sort of interaction and engagement and so uh, that's kind of been a blessing and a I don't want to say a curse but it definitely <laughs> makes people very very vocal at times I'm like gosh why is everybody asking me questions I'm like oh duh okay I kind of set myself up for that but um, but the the great thing is is that it's basically putting it out there like hey. Let's start a dialogue. Let's have a conversation, you know, and it, it is really exciting because people do share. They're like, hey, can I ask you about this? Or I want your opinion on X, Y, Z. Or, you know, they, they come up with a new idea for something and they're like, can I pitch you this? So it's really exciting because people do, you know, really take advantage of that. And uh, it's it's just fun to have that organic sort of interaction. And and. Oftentimes, I feel like, you know, different businesses might come up with a new idea that they hadn't even thought of because of something that a consumer shared with them online, you know. So um, I don't know. It's just kind of exciting. It, it's it's a great time to be living and having a business online. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I think what is also important to remember is when you are creating a digital community, like you were saying, Sarah, Sarah Dandashi. <laughs> it this is going to be tough. I'm going to have to say y'all's last name every time. Um but yeah, like like you were saying, um <laughs> it is a blessing, but at the same time, I'm not really a curse, but it does create this sense of responsibility because when you open the doors to r- really 
brandishing and creating an authentic digital community, you sort of have to begin to keep it up. And then you can't take the foot off the gas because as it's tough because as soon as the audience starts to feel like, you know, they're asking you for, you know, Megan, you know, whether it's like bringing mango habanero back, you know, keeping that on the menu or Sarah Dusick, you know, if they're saying, hey, can you please bring a glamping experience to the Netherlands or, you know, Sarah Dandishi, if they're asking you consistent questions and you just can't get to them in time or, or you don't have the right answer, then all of a sudden you actually, the digital community starts to let down your audience and it starts to do you more harm than good because you're, you're opening the floodgates and then not doing anything about it, which is tough. I mean, I, I see that as probably one of the, the biggest struggles of keeping and maintaining an organic digital community. We certainly experienced that with obviously guests asking us questions about a stay or trying to find out information and they're expecting us to respond in real time. And, and we're very conscious that if we don't respond in real time and don't get information out and questions answered, we will lose that customer. So it's super important to be be able to be engaged, listening and responding um, appropriately to be able to provide the information that people expect. Yeah, I mean, and off, off of that, it's a 24-hour community. Yep. You know, we're living in, it is, we're, in, we're living in a global world. And so you might have somebody that's like on a completely different time zone, 12 hours ahead. And of course, you know, there's a bit of it that they do understand it also depends on the size of the company. Bigger company, they want definitely a faster response. A smaller company, I think there might be a little bit more forgiving. But there is absolutely something like we're playing We're playing in a 24-7 world. So how to be authentic to that, but then also maintain a sense of level-headedness about it and, um, and being, you know, mindful as far as the size of your company and, and the reality of the situation. <laughs> right. And I feel like that is, um, you know, really difficult or can be really difficult for someone like you, Megan, who when you're having interactions with customers and consumers and people that just love to eat Wingstop and they suggest or tweet out something or post on LinkedIn and comment something. And, you know, maybe it's just one person. Maybe it's a flood of people who all agree. But it's kind of like, you know, where is that level of expectation that Wingstop is actually going to listen to what the consumer is saying? Because I think a lot of times when someone tweets at a big brand, you know, if they get a response or there is some actionable something because of that interaction, it's like, wow, I can't believe that actually happened. And so I think you get a little more leeway and say, okay, I don't necessarily need to do everything that I get, you know, that I get in a LinkedIn DM or that I get as an Instagram comment. But at the same time, you know, I think the impact of changing a menu item nationwide based on, you know, a trend of what people were asking for, it is really representative of, of the power of an online community. Absolutely. It definitely takes a village to make those things go down. It's funny because, you know, someone will tweet, for instance, the mango habanero or spicy Korean Q. That one tweet, we have a team at our agency that's kind of sitting around like, how do we respond to this? How does this play into our communications plan? What are we going to do from there? So it really does take a village to make something that seems very organic, still seem very organic, if that makes sense. But, you know, I think that it's, there's kind of two sides because when you have an exciting tweet or you're happy about something, you tweet Wingstop and they respond back, it's kind of like, oh my gosh, I wasn't expecting this. 
But when you have something negative to say, or you might have a complaint and you eat something at Wingstop, you're definitely expecting a response. And time is of the essence there because the longer that you let something like that boil, the more that it boils. And then it gets, it gets worse from there. So I think that that is the um, great part about the digital communities is the um, urgency and you know something happens, we tweet about it, it's instant. But then that's also the challenging part because I know it probably makes both Sarah's job more difficult as well is that it's that instantaneous nature of all digital platforms. And so when people say something, they're expecting a response back pretty soon. So that kind of transitions to my next question almost perfectly, which is uh, I want to kind of get context from y'all's specific industries. So if you could answer this with your you know, hospitality industry, food and beverage industry in mind, that'd be awesome. But what do you think consumers are looking for in their digital communities when they are interacting with a food and beverage brand like Wingstop or when they are going to you know an online forum for when they're traveling abroad, like for you, Sarah Dandashi, or when they're looking to explore a really unique and new international experience, like for you, Sarah Dusick. So, you know, what are consumers really looking for in those interactions? Okay. I was just going to say, I think that like the word interaction is key there. They want that two-way communication. So whatever you're pushing out, I think that they want to be able to push back or respond to or engage to. So with that, it's important to make the content culturally, culturally relevant, something that they can resonate with and really engage with. If not, you're just kind of throwing stuff out there and um, your engagement rate probably won't be as high. And then, you know, in turn, guests won't be as likely to um, need to engage back. So I think it's just kind of like a big old circle of having those fresh posts, staying up to date with cultural events, um, and then, you know, always responding when you can. Do you find that the way that you communicate those interactions um, within food and beverage is different than when you were doing um, internal and external communications for uh, some of the other companies you worked for before you made your way to Wingstop? I think that they all kind of fall in the same line. You know, there's still that sense of urgency. You're always going to have people that are happy with your brand and people that are upset with your brand. I think though with food and beverage, um, there's more of a sense of urgency just because, you know, it. we're dealing with things. I mean, food is, you know, they want their food hot and they want their fries when they want their fries. So I just feel like in that sense, there's a little bit more, you need to be a little bit more timely and prescriptive. Not to say that that's how it isn't with the other brands, but I definitely feel the fire a little bit more being in food and beverage as opposed to where I've been in the past. I also feel like food and beverage brands specifically on social media have really been the ones that have transformed some of this new style of of jokey quirky and off the cuff commentary um whether that's on twitter or, or anything i mean i'm actually coordinating to get um the guy who runs moon pies twitter on our podcast uh his tweets just blow me away every time just how bizarre and funny they are um but you know and and then you have people that actively are following a food brand and tweeting at a pastry cake, you know, consistently, like that's just part of their day. And yeah, so I don't know, I feel like food and beverage 
since people are consuming that, and I think something about eating, I mean, this is just so carnal, <laughs> but something about eating is just so personal and intimate. And so when you are eating food and you are enjoying a meal, it's um, there's kind of, I think, a level of zen to it that might be looking too philosophical at how we eat our burgers. But I, I just think that then, you know, when you're interacting with those brands of, you know, companies that literally sustain you, um, I don't know, I think subconsciously, maybe there's just a, a, a different kind of interaction there. Interesting stuff. Some some philosophical stuff there to chew on. Pun intended, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're correct. Yeah. And then how about you, Sarah Dusick or Sarah Dandishi, for you know more of the hospitality angle? For me, um, I think my consumers very much look to us for inspiration. So uh, Wanderlust is most definitely a thing. Um, and I think we provide and we engage with our guests along the theme of, of inspiring um, experiences, inspiring moments of inspiring, you know, yourself into another world or transporting yourself into another world that takes you out of the day to day, takes you out of the here and now um, and takes you into an alternative place, either sort of in reality or in, in dream as you think about and you plan and you imagine um, yourself on a, on an, an amazing adventure. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Imagining yourself in another world almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then how about you for, uh, Sarah Dandish, you have up for you? Yeah. I mean, I really think it comes down to authentic engagement. Um, they want to be heard. And I think that goes across the board really for everything, but you know, it is, in essence, it is also the new form of hospitality. Uh, yes, people are looking for the in-person experiences and, and we live in that world. We, we have to interact with people, but uh, we do very much have to um, absolutely acknowledge and embrace that the online communities want to be heard and very much are expecting to be heard. You know, that's the, almost how the interaction and the engagement is online. It's almost like the pre-experience, the pre-arrival experience, whether it's the pre-arrival experience to a hotel or an activity or a restaurant. And so you're kind of setting the stage and um, how you interact with um, consumers and that community online really sets the tone for what your company is all about. And, and people want people companies that are approachable, no matter how big they are, if they're small, that's what they want. They want to be heard. They want it to be approachable and they want to feel like it's real. So, um, I think that kind of applies across the board and just with little nuances, slightly tweaked based on, on what your actual company is. Right. And I, I think, you know, food and beverage kind of falls under hospitality to, to a degree. Um, but in all of those scenarios, you know, you expect high quality service and you also, don't want to be inconvenienced. You know, like when you are flying, when you are staying in a hotel, going on a cruise, going out to eat, you expect things to be convenient. And I think that is now heightened by the way that you access, like you said, pre-travel information or menu information or anything online, digitally, you know, and or, you know, if you're on Ask Concierge, you're you're getting those quality interactions, um, you know, quickly and without feeling inconvenienced. And so if you are feeling inconvenienced or you're feeling like a brand isn't, you know, uh, communicating well with you, um, your experience now has been let down because of these online interactions, because of this pre-travel information, 
um, it's going to sour the whole experience, I think. And then you you lose a customer. Definitely. So I'm just going to kind of open this up and let you all discuss this a little bit. It's a little beyond just industry specific. This is looking more at just adapting businesses to this modern era. Um, what are your general thoughts on how digital communities have changed the landscape for businesses in today's world? So that includes not only large enterprise companies, like let's say Wingstop, creating a social brand, um, tapping into these online communities and you know solidifying themselves, or for a fresh business, a startup, a small company that now might be utilizing these tools to get their company off the ground. So, you know, what are you seeing as just the impact of a digital community on the landscape of businesses adapting or being birthed in um, this modern business world? And I'll just throw it out there and, and let y'all discuss. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll chime in. I'll chime in. Start at least to start with it. I mean, I think it's actually an exciting time because it's given people a new platform in which to play, a new platform in which to be heard. Um, I, I think it's also allowing, uh, you know, certainly in regards to smaller businesses, uh, a lot more people are allowed to be more entrepreneurial because they're able to get out there. Um, and again, with that constant or that immediate sort of uh, feedback they're if if they're doing it well they're able to bounce new ideas off of their little community and as their community grows they're able to just feed the machine so in a sense it's exciting because you know for entrepreneurs you know in small businesses it really allows them to have a have a chance to kind of like stand out. Uh, and then also for bigger businesses, it allows them to be a little bit more creative. I mean, that's what people want is they want that authenticity and, oh, that's a little creative, you know, we, and um, I don't know, it's, it is a very exciting time and people can really kind of go about things differently. Um, that's a little bit of what I have to say. <laughs> I agree. I think that to, you know, those digital communities really contribute to your brand voice. And so aside from obviously you want your, you know, marketing collateral and flyers and billboards to speak for your brand, but you can really develop kind of your own brand voice, really engage with the guests through digital platforms. And I think too, I know, and Daniel, don't ask me too many probing questions because I don't sit on this side of the house, but analytics has totally changed the game, you know, being able to dive deeper into the guest, who they are, what they like, where they live, what their age is, you know, it really helps for targeting Marketing wise, and as far as messaging goes, um, I think that's been huge. And then, how about you, Sarah Dusick? Thoughts on that? I think we most latterly have been using our social platforms as a vehicle for driving change and transformation and engaging people in the initiatives that matter to us. In terms of, you know, we're, we're on a zero plastic campaign, we're on a zero, you know, moving towards being a zero waste company. And the opportunity for a business to drive change in the world is so extraordinary for me. And, and for us to engage our consumer in that journey and use social media as a platform, not just for communication, but for to be able to take people on a journey to go somewhere is really extraordinary. And, you know, and we live in a, a time now that is enabling that like, like never before. And we're seeing all sorts of movements pop up and, and, 
become real because they are online and because you can follow and you can participate and you can communicate and you can put your stamp of approval on something. But I think increasingly for, for brands, having a having a platform which we can lever to be able to drive change in the communities where we operate or drive change nationally or internationally is is a really, really powerful thing. And I think that platform that digital gives us really changes the landscape in which businesses operate and changes the opportunity um, and the, the extent in which businesses can make a difference. And I just love how a lot of big business decisions can be drawn from these rather small interactions. Um, I mean, just so much as seeing a hashtag trend that is pushing for hotels to go zero plastic, let's say, kind of play, playing off of what you said. And then and then seeing that catch on, seeing consumers want this, um, whether or not you're seeing other hotels or other hospitality-like companies uh, participating, you can be a catalyst. You can decide, you know what, as a business... You can totally right, be a catalyst. Yeah, as a yeah. And your consumers can then drive change. Even if the business isn't driving it, consumers can drive change right. um, through using digital as a platform to gather momentum and ga- gather, you know, groundswell of voices that say, hey, this is no longer okay for us and we demand more and we expect more. And... Businesses can't ignore those voices, whether the voices initiates with the business or not. You know, those voices are power. And what an easy way to just create a meaningful interaction with with people because they voice those concerns and you make a big business decision about it that – not only might um, affect you know, some some revenue for you, but also affects, let's say, the environment too. If you're looking that that large, that just okay. Whenever we go out there and we put together a beautiful glamping experience, we're never we're not going to use any plastic. All right, wonderful. You know, and and just those little acts. Now the consumers that put those ideas out there and saw you respond now have a uh, something to talk about over the dinner table you know it's just like little things like that it's like hey guess what tweeted at a company a couple days later they they put out an announcement i think i had something to do with that like that's pretty cool um what a special way to just yeah it sure is what a special way to to impact your consumers but then you know to really just draw valuable business decisions too from those interactions yeah because you hear what the consumer wants and you hear what the consumer cares about and and you can align yourselves uh, in the same way. All right. So I feel like that just about covers everything I wanted to hit on on this panel. I think we got a lot of great varied insight. Um, but, I, you know, I think not so unexpectedly, I think these digital communities impact a lot of your businesses and industries in very similar ways. Um, it's just sort of looking at the different kinds of digital communities and how those are impacting businesses, whether it's social media, whether it's the core of your business, whether um, it's just in in small interactions, uh, whatever it is, everyone can find value there. So I'd like to finish things off by asking each of you again, just if you had to look ahead at how you think businesses will continue to adapt to this social landscape, you know, what what do you see down the line? How do you see businesses continuing to transform and adapt to having to live within a digital community? Oh gosh, I think to be frank, um, businesses won't have any choice but to adapt. So (laughs) they're not there yet. 
are probably well on their way. I think that it also changes what, you know, what used to be a traditional communications and marketing team looks like. You need to add more people. Agencies are always extremely helpful. Um, there's definitely more of a need to be proactive than ever before. Also very mindful, planful, thinking things out way in advance, thinking of all the what ifs and um, going from there. So I think that with all of this, yeah, the, the brands that aren't there yet, I don't think they're really going to have a choice here in the next few years. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree with that as well, too. I mean, it's it's it just, it's the world that we're living in. And as far as the future, I mean, it's absolutely an integral part to, I think, any business moving forward. Um, so it, the plus side is, is that, you know, businesses will be very much, I mean, they should, I think in general, generally are consumer driven, but very much consumer driven because they are, they do have access to that consumer insight pretty immediately. But then also, I think more so what's unique is transparency. I think that now, you know, as millennials are are definitely increasing more of the the consumer market, uh, millennials are definitely pushing for more transparency and also for purpose businesses as well, too. So how they're doing more than just selling a product, um, but how they're actually like giving back. Uh, I think so a lot of that is going to be, um, you know, placed on the table and, and future businesses really need to consider that. Absolutely. I agree with that. And then Sarah Dusick, do you have any last thoughts there too? I think we live in very exciting times. Um, <laughs> I think we've seen a lot happen over the last five years in particular with, with the way that social um, interactions have, have taken off online. I think what we've seen in the last few years has been really incredible in terms of the conversations it started, the engagement that businesses have now with their customers, the information that customer that businesses are now able to, to understand because of those communications. So I think the world, the future for digital is, is really, really bright. And I, I think it helps us make informed decisions. It helps us uh, communicate in faster and easier ways. Um, and of course, I think, you know, technology will only become better. Um, and so it's it's to all our advantage that we, we learn, we stay up to date, and we we engage in ways that um, our consumers want to engage. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think, in essence, you just have to keep your ear to the screen. Um, as counterintuitive as that sounds <laughs> when you physically think about it. But, you know, you have to keep paying attention to these communities because they're not going anywhere and it's the way that people are wanting to interact with their brands and so whether it is on the brand awareness side of you're a fresh company trying to get your name out there whether it's on the social media side of just interacting with and having a good time with your customers or whether it's just the core of your business whether you are building a blog you're building a digital community to then give people access to new insight to helpful tips whatever it might be um none of that's going to go away and i think for companies to thrive they just have to accept that that is the now and it's probably just going to get even more integrated to the point where who knows, maybe you might be able to call up a brand soon and just be able to FaceTime them and, and chat with them. And that's how you start interacting. I mean, yeah, that, that sounds horrifying. <laughs> but who knows? I mean, I, I wouldn't mind FaceTiming Burger King and saying hello, asking for a deal. You know, who knows? The future is hazy, but we shall see. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Well, I want to thank you all so much for coming on our first podcast panel, diving into what it's like building a digital community as a business, why it's so important and how it's continuing to change. So Sarah one, Sarah two, and Megan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and giving us all your insight. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode. And if you'd like to find out more or listen to previous ones, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time. Mm-hmm.